Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I hope that you, like me, are seeking first the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is the Word of God. He came down to earth and became flesh and became a man and humbled himself and dwelt among us. He showed us who we are. He showed us what we look like. We look like God on the earth. He came in Hebrews, it says, to raise up many sons unto glory. And he gave us the keys to the kingdom of God. And he said he himself would build the church. We are not building the church. Isn't that a relief? Isn't that a release? And I see his nail-pierced hands on the cross. And I see his nail-pierced feet, and I see the love and the compassion in his eyes. And when he prayed to the Father, he prayed for us. When he said, Father, they do not know what they do. Forgive them. Oh, man, God forgives us because he sees the truth. He sees the light. But we have been in ignorance. And I know that this is a recap for most of you. We need to move on, as Hebrews says, from salvation and and water baptism and the laying on of hands, yeah? But God was so pleased with him. He was a perfect sacrifice. Every prayer of Jesus was answered. There are some great prayers that he prayed that we would be one as he is one. I love it when Jesus said to the disciples that he is my father and your father. Wow. He brought us in. He, he adopted us. He, Jesus was always bringing people in. And it was other people who decided to reject him. Judas rejected him with a kiss. The rich young ruler rejected him because he had much wealth. Many of the Pharisees rejected him. But he just moved on, you know? He just moved on. God's always... Moving forward, he's, I don't even think he has a plan B. I I really think that he's just a God of purpose. You know, God wanted to bring heaven to earth. He wanted to reflect his kingdom on the earth. He wanted man to rule and to reign and to be in partnership with God, enforcing the values of God on the earth. The Garden of Eden was a place where man walked in relationship with God, enforcing the kingdom of God, enforcing the, the order of God. The kingdom is a place with principles. The kingdom is a place with government. The kingdom is a place with angels. The kingdom is a place with benefits. Even salvation is a benefit of the kingdom. As Paul said, I am not ashamed of the good news of the kingdom because it is the power of God that leads to salvation. The kingdom is first. The kingdom is the power that leads to salvations. How many churches aren't growing, don't have people being saved because they're not seeking first the kingdom? They're not preaching the kingdom. You don't need evangelism. You don't need, you know, tracts or wise sounding words. You just need the kingdom. The kingdom is enough. The kingdom, you know, God was telling me today, because 
I'm very aware of my gift and other people's gifts. I believe I have the gift of discernment and I do... When I drive into a city, I sense the, the principalities immediately. I know whether there's a particular person who is attached to a demonic power. Um, I know, and I get a strategy. Um, and if I know a Christian in that city, I'll tell them, I'll give them the strategy. But, but, but God said to me, I am your gift. You know, I've given you the Holy Spirit. He is your gift. <laughs> but then the Holy Spirit wants to master you. The Holy Spirit wants to f refine you. I want to be a weapon in His hands. And so I know my particular style. I know my particular anointing. But at the end of the day, it's Him. Whether I work in words of knowledge or words of wisdom or words of encouragement or prophecy or whether I'm a gift to the church. It is all by the power of the Holy Spirit. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't know Him. I just, I think of someone ejected into space. I just would be totally helpless, totally blind. No power to move. You can't, if you're floating in space, how do, what do you do? There's no, there's not even any friction or gravity. There's nothing. And if He didn't illuminate the Word of God, I couldn't read it. If if the whole even every day I'm so dependent on him right now, if it wasn't for him I'd be lost, and I don't mean like going back to my salvation. I mean, if he turns the lights out, the lights are out. If I open the Bible and read it without the Holy Spirit interpreting it for me, it would be completely powerless to me. It would be useless to me. You know, the Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is real. He's the, he's the seal of my salvation. He is the interpreter of the Word of God. He is the, the Spirit of truth, which means reality. He's the Spirit of reality. And He shows me reality in my life where there are circumstances that might speak of a truth. The Holy Spirit speaks of a greater truth. And all I need to do every day is follow Him. At the end of the day, Holy Spirit is Jesus. Holy Spirit is who I have. Holy Spirit is who is on the earth with me, leading me, guiding me. And so we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ri rising Jesus again from the dead. Your power rose Him from the dead, got Him out of that grave, and He's now seated at the right hand of God, and He's included us in heaven, in the Sonship, in the Father, in the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for that. What do you want to do, Lord, today? Lord, what do you want to say to these people? I just believe God is a God of deliverance. God is a God of justice. God is a God of majesty. His kingdom is a kingdom of love and power and a sound mind and justice. Justice are, are the gates. You know, and, and, and I believe God wants to make judgment in on your behalf. He wants to bring justice in your life. And so right now, He's gentle, but He's firm and He's wanting to break chains. So first, Lord, we ask that you would break chains off our eyes. 
God, the Bible says the devil, the God of this age, blinds the mind of unbelievers. Forgive us where there's any unbelief in our own life, God. 2 Peter says, you know, the, the righteous will scarcely inherit salvation, yeah? Jesus said, will I even, even find faith on the earth when I return? And Paul and, and John and Peter regularly warn us about deception. God, if there's any deception if we've been led astray, if there's been doctrines of demons. You know, the thing about the doctrines of demons is it says in the word that, that in the last days, Christians will be devoted to doctrines of demons. God, that's so scary, God. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring yourself to our eyes. Forgive us where we've judged. Forgive us where there's unforgiveness. Forgive us where we have harbored resentment where we've compared ourselves to others where we have in unbelief or an evil wicked thought or heart lord or offense god we just ask right now that you would clean our eyes clean our ears clean our mouths by your holy spirit guide us into all truth we break the chains of deception today we ask you to break the chains because you know what if we're deceived we don't know that we're deceived that's the whole problem so we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us return to your word. And Holy Spirit, break the chains today, spiritually. Break chains off us. People around our lives that, that we shouldn't really be affected by, would you, would you break those chains? Soul ties, Lord God, that are ungodly, would you break those chains? Generational uh, stuff that's keeping us captive, would you break those chains? Family members who were Freemasons or homosexual or caught in adultery, Lord, would you break those chains? Gambling, would you break those chains? Mostly, Lord, minister to our hearts today. Convict us so that we can walk into freedom, so we can walk out of anything that we're not meant to be in that we can read the word and be delivered today. That's what it is. He's saying that. Read the word and be delivered today in Jesus' name. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, Lord, for deliverance today through your word. Your word is a two-edged sword. Your word divides between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. Your Holy Spirit is all we need. We thank you, Lord. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness in the night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and to the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. So profound are your thoughts. You've exalted my horn, my strength, like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my enemies. Hallelujah. The ears, my ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous flourish like a palm tree, grow like seed of Lebanon, planted house of the Lord, flourish courts of our God. They bear fruit in old age. They are fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. That's all from Psalm 92. You are upright. You are our rock. There is no wickedness in you. God, I thank you that our lives today, as you establish us on your word, as you deliver us from the devil, 
as you crush our enemies, you, it says that, that we, we will proclaim, my li- our lives will proclaim that the Lord is upright. As people look at us and see us healthy and f- prosperous and, and in a good attitude and successful and winning, they will say the Lord is upright. He, we are proclaiming. They will see that our life is proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is our rock and there is no wickedness in him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just feel like there are some people who even now are having doubts about the power of deliverance. (laughs) Lord, would you show them? Come upon their body, Lord. Come upon their mind, their will, their emotions. Would you begin that shaking, Father God? Would you begin the, the pins and needles that I sometimes feel when there's deliverance, God? And let them know that something... Uh, from another realm has has been removed that wasn't meant to be there in the name of Jesus. Let them feel the the freedom. Let them feel the weightlessness of deliverance. (sighs) In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the finger of God, the power of God. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for deliverance in Jesus' name. It's not a dirty word. My God, you love to set the people free. You are a God of, of deliverance. You love to set the people free. You are a God of justice. You love making things right. You love justice. You love putting things in order. And we love you, Lord, and we give you the glory and the praise, and we fix our eyes on you, Jesus, no longer hanging on the cross, although we, 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 we appropriate that. But we see you seated at the right hand of God. We see you high and lifted up. We see your eyes as a flame of fire. We see your white robe dripped in blood. We see the the waves of gold, the waves of fire coming out of your presence. The glory. We hear your voice. The sound of rushing waters. We see your feet like varnished bronze, Lord, brilliant like gold. Whoa, we see the authority and we see ourselves standing with you as partners in the gospel. We are partners in the gospel, not the gospel of salvation alone, but the gospel of the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Oh man, I'm going to have to go into some teaching now. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just feel like God wants you to know that, you know, we've done a good work, but we sort of missed the point a little bit, and um, and I'm going to put a teaching in here about the difference between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of salvation, yes, it points Jesus, people to Jesus, but it doesn't point people to you know to the harvest field. It 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 recruits people to church ministry and church growth. It doesn't promote people to societal transformation. And our unfortunately our churches, especially our Pentecostal churches, are built on the gospel of salvation. They're built on building the church. They're built on seeker friendly services. They're built on entertainment. Because what we really want to do, we didn't mean to do this, but culturally, through what we value 
we're preaching the gospel of salvation. So we're trying to please people. We're trying to please men. We're very often talking to their needs. We're talking about meeting their needs. Just have a look at a lot of the most popular uh, Christian ministries, Your Best Life, you know, um, those sorts of sayings, you know, we, we have seeker-friendly services where people can come and learn how to improve their marriage, improve their finances. We have, you know, financial offerings for people to get a car, to get a house, to get married. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He commanded us explicitly, don't seek after these things. When are we going to communicate the gospel of the kingdom of God? When are we going to talk about repentance? When are we going to talk about about hell? You know, Jesus talked about hell a lot. He talked about hell. He quoted Enoch. He quote he talked about the the worm that never dies. He talked about the fiery lake. He talked about outermost darkness. He talked about people perishing. He talked about the the tears being burned. He talked about the the vine being cut off and thrown in the fire. He talked about eternal separation and damnation from God. He talked about the rich man in hell, unable to cross the chasm. He talked about punishment. He talked about the fear of the Lord. And he talked about the crucified life. Jesus Christ is talking about the kingdom And the kingdom is a kingdom of power. The kingdom is a kingdom of justice. The kingdom is a kingdom of holiness. And the kingdom is not interested in your, you know, weaknesses. He's not interested in your needs. He's he's not interested in your your fussing about. Yes, he, he loves you and he meets your needs, but he meets it out of the kingdom. You see, it's as you seek first the kingdom of God that all these things are added to you. You don't get these things by going to a conference. You don't get these things by giving a $1,000 offering, although there are principles in the kingdom and we shouldn't ignore those. There's a, there's a principle of sowing and reaping. There's a principle of love. There's a principle of forgiveness. There's a principle of going to church. But everything we do must come under the understanding and the canopy of seeking first the kingdom. If we're, if we're doing these things for the self, it is not going to work. You know, Jesus talked about the Pharisees that were giving gold and giving huge offerings, but the canopy was wrong. They were doing it for themselves and they were condemned and there was no benefit. They were doing evangelism, but Jesus said they were bringing one convert and turning them into a a follower of Satan. So the programs that you're doing can be zero. The programs the Pharisees were doing was zero. They were making sons of Satan. Their financial offerings were zero. Jesus said the woman who gave her last penny. Now, was that, was that benefiting herself? No. So she was blessed. She was blessed because she gave into the kingdom. She didn't give to get. She didn't give for, for herself. And this gospel of salvation, although it is a true benefit of the kingdom... This gospel of salvation is a false doctrine. It is a false doctrine because it leads people away from Christ. It leads people to to seek themselves. How many people have been... I don't want to speak against any ministry, but there was a certain book that came out, The Purpose Driven Church, 
1995, <laughs> and since 1995, we've seen, you know, a lot of 4,000 churches close, I think, per week in America, and 1,000 churches start in America. We have 4% of Americans, we have 4% of Americans identifying as homosexuals, okay, God loves them, that's all, that's fine. But these homosexuals are a lobbying government. They're changing the media. They're changing education. They're changing the rules. They're impacting society. And at the same time, we have 4% of teenagers attending church. And the problem is those 4% of teenagers are not being raised up in the kingdom to bear fruit for the kingdom to change society. So we have 4% of homosexuals who are going to change society. Now, this is not bagging out homosexuals. What I'm saying is the homosexuals are the ones who are ruling and reigning. The homosexuals are the ones who know their identity. This is the truth. They, 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 they know their identity as made in the image of God who can rule and reign. They are taking dominion. They are multiplying. They are training. They are making disciples. Aren't they? It's you can't watch a TV show without a a gay male sex scene these days, right? Am I right? You know you can't watch a sitcom without a, a two males who are married in the sitcom and two females because they are working under the principles of dominion, the principles of multiplication. These principles work under the kingdom of God and under the kingdom of Satan. And we in the church have been deceived. We in the church have been deceived. Don't be offended. You have the power of God to bring the kingdom, but the church isn't changing society. The church is praying that, you know, Donald Trump would get into power instead of the church turning inward and training Christians to get into power. The church should be sending politicians to the White House, not looking to what the White House produces, not looking to what the world produces, to, to, to hope to God, like in some powerless sense, oh my God, we've got two, you know, average men or women and let's pray for God to put the less average one into power. No, that's the wrong gospel. That's the gospel of get me out of here. That's the gospel of saving rice and beans until Jesus comes back so that we can get out of here when the rapture comes. Sorry, guys, the rapture's not coming. Jesus isn't coming back until we're ready. Jesus isn't coming back until we've preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so I'm using this as an example here. We need to be training up those young Christians to take the city. We need to be training and equipping those teenagers to to go into all the world and to make disciples of nations. We need to get 200 teenagers and turn them into 200 millionaires who own businesses, who change culture. We need to get another 200 teenagers and turn them into sports stars, to go into stadiums and tell people about Jesus. We need to train them how to become sons of God. Not, son, not, not children who go to church. Not 
you're not, not slaves who live to tithe and to give to the building fund so the pastor can have, the pastor's the only millionaire in the church. Hello? While everyone else is poor and broken and their engine in their car is only running by gaffer tape. <clears throat> this is wrong. We need to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God alone and not the gospel of salvation alone. <clears throat> because we can train those teenagers to take society. We can train people to go out and to love those homosexuals and get them saved and so that we are the ones who are changing society, so that we are the ones that are lobbying government, so that we are the ones who are entering into politics, so that the church is the city. And I'm telling you, that is the kingdom. The kingdom is when the church is the city, where most of the best, the best businesses are run by the church, the best politicians are in the church, the best sports stars are from the church. This is the kingdom. This is taking the kingdom by force. Don't worry, I'm doing it in my own life. I'm doing it in my own life and in my own world. I'm taking my finances by force. I'm taking my marriage by force. I'm taking my children by force. You know, I'm empowering them to know who they are in Christ. I'm, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm discipling people, but I'm also not, I'm not only looking to make disciples. Of, we're not looking to make disciples of people who go to church. We're looking to make disciples of nations. We're looking to disciple the city that we're in. We're looking to disciple the business that we're in. We're looking to disciple the council that we're in. We're looking to, to disciple the nation that we're in. And we can't do it alone. We need to do it with the kingdom principles. We need to get 10 or 20 people and change your council. We need to get 10 or 20 people and change your city. We need to get 10 or 20 people and change your 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 democracy. And it's possible, but with God, all things are possible. And if we have a church that's focused on the, the, the gospel of salvation, then we're only going to be training people to attend church. We're only going to be training people to give to the church. We're only going to be training people to attend conferences. We're only going to be training people to go into the world and to make disciples of church. Guys, that's the problem. Since 1995... Church attendance, church growth, and the kingdom of God has gone down in America, right? I'm not saying that it's not there. I'm not saying that there's none there. And the reason I use America is because there's a lot of statistics coming out of there. But Australia is, is the same. Wherever you are is the same. You're not, we're not hearing the gospel of the kingdom preached. When Jesus didn't preach a lifestyle Christianity. Jesus didn't preach come to church. He never said come to church. He never said go and and get people and bring them to me. He anointed the 12 and he said go, don't take anything with you. Why? Oh my god, I can explain all this. He didn't want them to bring money because he didn't want them to rely on themselves, but he also didn't want them to be under the spirit of politics. You see, politics is in the church today. 
The yeast of the Pharisees is in the church today. The yeast of Herod is in the church today. You see, the yeast of Herod is the teaching of Herod. You see, the teaching of Herod is the teaching of politics. What is Herod? What is politics? Politics is the the governing system of the day. And you see, the devil uses that in the same way that Amazon uses the internet. In the same way as commerce uses the internet, the spirit of politics uses the government. The spirit of politics uses the structure of the day. And so if you don't have any money, you're completely dependent on the kingdom. And if you don't have any money, and if you don't have any debt, then the the political spirit of the day can't use you. The devil keeps Christians in debt because then they're under the political spirit. They're under the spirit of manipulation. They want to... They spend all of their life trying to get out of debt. They spend all of their time trying to to get out of debt and to save money and to buy a house and to compare. But when you buy a house, you're getting into debt. You know, mortgage is the word debt. It's the word death grip. Mort means death. Mort, morta. And, and, and gauge means grip. Morta gauge, morta, morta gauge, death grip. So I'm not saying not to buy a house. I'm not saying, I'm saying use money to, to advance the kingdom. I'm saying that the way to get out of debt is to give. The way to get out of debt is to die to yourself. The way to expand the kingdom is to get out of the political system. Jesus got out of the political system. He didn't try to change Rome. He didn't argue with Pilate. He answered Pilate's questions. He honored the government. You don't need to be worried about the government. This is not an anti-government message. I'm talking in the spirit. I'm saying that when the church wants to pay off the building fund and they want you to come to the services because they want money, because they want to pay off the building and they come up with all of these satanic, demonic strategies to come out of debt, but, but they don't need anything because the whole, first of all, Jesus said he will build the church, so that means we don't. So get your hands off it, please. Number two, he said, seek first the kingdom. So we already have the kingdom. We already have the Holy Spirit. We don't need anyone to teach us. What I'm saying here is seek first the kingdom and all else will be added to you. Jesus specifically said the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the seed. So if you're worried about your car payments, if you're worried about your mortgage, it's choking the seed. If you're under the political spirit, if you're thinking about how can I get ahead, how can I get a promotion, how can I get recognized at church. If I go to Bible college, maybe then they'll let me preach. That's the political spirit. The political spirit is the structure that man builds. The religious spirit is the, is the structure that, that the devil builds that prevents people entering the kingdom. So let me, so Jesus sent the 12 out with power and authority and he said he told them not to, he didn't say go and bring people to church. He didn't say go bring people to me. He said go and preach the good news of the kingdom of God and demonstrate it with power. The kingdom is in power, but it was important that they had no religion. That's why he said he will not pour new wine into old wineskins. That's why he chose 
fishermen. That's why he chose tax collectors, because they had no religion. They didn't know the rules of the Pharisees. They didn't give a toss. They didn't care. And that's why he chose them. He chose fishermen and and tax collectors because they didn't have the the religious mindset. They didn't they didn't wash their hands. They didn't give a toss about the Sabbath. And so he sent them out, but he also said don't take money because he didn't want them to have the the mindset of the of the Herod either. So he didn't want them to have the mindset of the Pharisees and he didn't want them to have the mindset of Herod. I don't think you're getting this. Jesus said that the kingdom will be stopped by Pharisees and by Herod. Jesus said that. Jesus said, beware of the yeast of Herod. And if Jesus said it, you need to listen. Listen! Jesus said that the religious spirit will kill the seed. Jesus said that the political spirit will kill the seed. So in your church, you've got to get the political spirit out. How do you do it? Well, you sell the building and you give it to poor people. Or you put all the staff off salary and the pastor off salary, and you take your position off the board. If you're the senior leader of your church, then make sure you have no votes in your board. That's the kingdom. If God has made you the leader of the church, then you do not need politics to stay in power. That is the depths of Satan. If if a church said, said to me or to you, hey, you know, here's a church of a, of a, of a hundred thousand people. We want you to take over as the senior leader. First of all, I'd say I don't want a title. I will father the church. I don't want a title. I don't want to be called pastor. I don't want to be called senior leader. Number one, no title. Number two, no salary. I will not take money because I will not be manipulated by the church because I know what is in a man. So number two, if you want to be a leader in the church, no political spirit, then don't take a salary. Number three, give money away. If the church is making $3 million a year, give a million of it away to other churches. That'll shock them. If you've got a Baptist church or a Catholic church nearby, maybe not Catholic, give them a million dollars. Number three, if you're on the board, if you're the senior leader and you're on the board, Either take yourself off the board or give your votes away. Because if God if, <laughs> if God wants you to be in power, you will be in power. If you're meant to be the leader, then you'll be the leader. You don't, I'm telling you, oh, stop grasping for politics. Jesus explicitly said, beware of the yeast of Herod. In fact, the Bible says that the Herodians conspired to kill Jesus. So the very spirit of Herod, the, the very, this very same political spirit in your church is conspiring to kill the kingdom. I'm telling you that's a fact and a truth. The, the political spirit in your church is killing the kingdom. So mother trunking, kill it, man. Kill it. Be of no guile. Be without blame. Lead by reputation. Lead by influence. Lead by the Spirit of God. Don't lead because you wrote a book. Don't lead because you have a PhD. Don't lead because your dad's the pastor. 
don't lead because don't try to get a seat on the board. I would love, man, I would love to not, oh man, I'd love to just not turn up. You know why? Because the church is built in the spirit, the Bible says. It is not built in your little meetings. He, Jesus doesn't even come to your meetings. Did you know that? He doesn't even come to half of your meetings. Yes, I know when two or more gather, he is there. But I'm telling you, he's yawning. The church is built in the spirit. I'm telling you, there are people who don't even go to some of your meetings and Sunday services who are praying and building up your church in the spirit. I don't want to blow your mind here. So the yeast of the Pharisees is the religious spirit. The, the yeast of the Pharisees is the, is the religious mindset. The yeast of the Pharisees is the teachings of the Pharisees. The yeast of the Pharisees is the teachings of the Pharisees that kill the kingdom. So if the disciples went out two by two and they were worried about washing their hands before they ate, they were worried about touching the lepers in case they caught the disease, they were worried about, about not doing any miracles on the Sabbath, wouldn't that kill the kingdom? If it was a Saturday and they were religious, would they, they wouldn't have healed anyone. So the kingdom was completely killed on a Saturday. Zero kingdom. Every Saturday, zero kingdom. Every Saturday, zero people being healed. Every Saturday, zero people hearing the gospel. So don't you see how the religious thinking kills the kingdom? Now, the religious thinking is in you. The religious thinking is in me. The religious thinking is in the church. And it's killing the kingdom. Sunday after Sunday, year after year, conference after conference, zero kingdom. To the extent that there is the pharisaical thinking. To the extent that there is the religious thinking. You need to evacuate it from your church. You need to be delivered of the religious spirit. So let me help you do it. If you're, if you're in charge, if you're a pastor, or if you have a connect group, or if you have a family, you need to do this. In your own church, you need to do this. In your own mind. In your own personal life, you need to do this. Number one, the religious spirit will put obstacles between you and God. The religious spirit will put obstacles between you and the kingdom. The religious spirit will, in other words, put the kingdom in the future. It's the easiest way to explain this spiritual reality. The religious spirit will put the kingdom in the future. So anything that you're doing or saying or thinking that is making the kingdom inaccessible is the religious spirit. Anything that you're saying or doing or thinking that is putting the kingdom in the future is the religious spirit. So for example, oh, when I finish Bible college, then I'll pray for people. When I have a ministry, then I'll lead people to Christ. When the pastor lays hands on me, then I'll have boldness. Do you see it? Do you see it? No! The boldness is here. The kingdom is here. The power is here. The truth that sets you free, the truth of the kingdom is that you are flipping saved. You have the power of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You need no one to teach you. You are bold in the Holy Ghost. Do you see it? I think you're starting to see it now. So that's the trick. That's the secret. And you need to systematically, aggressively, violently take those things out in your thinking, in your church, in your connect group. Never say to people, hey, the kingdom is over here. 
never say to people when, oh, you need to come back tonight at the 6, six o'clock service because you're going to, nah, that is bull. Say, hey, I'm excited about the 6 o'clock service and the Holy Spirit's talking to me about the 6 o'clock service and build expectation about the 6 o'clock service and, and, and promote the 6 o'clock service. But don't say that you need to be there to get something because that's the religious spirit. Tell people as they leave the morning service, say, you already have it. You already have arrived. You don't need anyone to teach you. You don't need to come back unless you want to. You don't need to give unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. You just go and be awesome because you already have the kingdom. Number two, so that's the secret for, for religion is that we'll, it will always put the kingdom in the future. That's like a basic rule of thumb for you to understand it because you don't understand it. Number two, the political spirit will always put the kingdom um, behind a paywall. The, the, the political spirit, on the other hand, will always put the kingdom behind a structure, a structure, a satanic structure. Ugh! God, it drives me crazy. I love the church in, in Kiev, in Ukraine. Sunday Adelaide just led two million people to Christ. In a couple of years, he had a church of twenty-five thousand in a, in in, tw- in less than ten years, and he had no church building. He only had a keyboard, one Casio keyboard, and he would be in a in a in a church building. He would be in a paddock. He would be in an oval. He would be in a high school. He would be in a in an Olympic swimming arena. Like he would meet wherever. Same as Jesus. Jesus didn't need any structure. He didn't even have food. He didn't have wristbands and badges and lanyards and water bottles and all that. Are you preaching the kingdom or are you meeting people's needs? Are you preaching the kingdom or are you putting it behind a paywall? Hello? The political spirit will always put the kingdom behind a paywall. It'll Not just a paywall, it'll put it behind a structure. You know, you need to pay to get access, you need to subscribe, you need to go to this conference, you need to do these steps. I'm sorry, but Jesus said, here's the kingdom. He breathed on them. End of story. He said, here's the kingdom. And he touched people with the finger of God. He said, the kingdom is within you. He said, out of your belly, out of your belly, not out of Bill Johnson's belly, not out of the conference, not out of the... Bible college? No. Not even out of God. No. He said out of your belly would flow rivers, rivers, rivers of water. So how do you unblock those rivers of water? You unblock them in your mind. You unblock them in your church. You unblock them in your business. You unblock them in your city. You unblock them in your citadel. You unblock them in your, in your nation by systematically and violently and aggressively taking the kingdom by force, by systematically and violently and aggressively removing the structure that man has put between you and the kingdom, between man and the kingdom, between your city and the kingdom, by systematically and violently removing... Sorry, that wasn't for you. There was a woman who walked past me. She was witchcraft Jezebel. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, 
you systematically, aggressively and violently take out the religious spirit, anything that makes the kingdom in the future. Okay? In your language, in your thinking, in your city. It's now. It's at hand. It's here. I feel like that's enough for today, but I don't know if you understand that I have given you the keys to the kingdom to your church. I've given you the keys to the kingdom to your city. I've given you the keys to the kingdom for your personal life, for your family. You don't need anyone to teach you, but you have the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. That's a now. That's in you, man. I've given you the strategy to weed out the yeast of the Pharisees in your church and in your mind. I've given you the strategy to weed out the yeast of Herod in your mind and in your family and in your church and in your finances. And when you remove the key, the key when you remove the Pharisees, when you remove the Herod, you the kingdom will take uh, advance. The kingdom will take force by force in Jesus' name. Because Jesus said it's the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth that choke the seed. He said it's the love of money that chokes the seed. He says the devil comes to steal the seed. But he said, my seed will take over. My seed will become the greatest tree in the garden. My seed will bear fruit a hundred, sixty and thirty times what was sown. And the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. Hands off his church, guys. Hands off. Jesus is building the church. You build the kingdom. I said, Jesus is building the church. You build the kingdom. All right. All right, God. Let the fire fall. Father God, let your fire fall on this offering. Let your fire fall on this truth. Let your fire fall on this people. Lord, right now, would your fire fall and burn up all of the gods of Baal? Right now, would your fire fall and burn up Jezebel, splitting her guts out on the pavement? Holy Spirit, Lord, would your fire fall and burn up all of the idols and all of the offerings and all of the the priests of Baal. Right now, Lord, would your fire fall on on Stairway Church, on Stairway Church Whitehorse and burn up all of the religious spirit in Jesus' name and burst that Jezebel onto the ground and let her be seen and let her be exposed in Jesus' name. And with the fire of your Holy Spirit, burn in the hearts of your people. Lord, burn in the hearts of your people. They'd be scared by how much power is operating in their lives. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you would you burn right now by the spirit of Elijah, by the spirit of Elisha, by the spirit of prophecy, by the spirit of God. The Lord is a consuming fire. By the spirit of the jealousy that you have for us, Lord God, would you burn? Lord, right now there are two levels of burning. He's burning in his people fire. He's burning in his people purpose. He's burning in his people purification. He's burning in his people the, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Right now, he's burning away the flesh and the chaff. He's burning or he's prepared you in this season of COVID-19. He's burning his eyes in your eyes. He's burning his mouth on your mouth. He's burning your ears to his ears. And he's burning out Jezebel. He's burning out witchcraft. He's burning out Baal. He's burning out that religious spirit. He's burning out that political spirit. All of the prophets of Baal he killed. All of the lying spirits he silenced. 
all of their, their, their structures he burned with the fire. It's like he's poured out the water, you know, on the offering. He's, he's, he's closed our services, you know, we can't meet in churches, we're meeting in houses. He's, it's like the water of the offering and now the fire comes down in a shock and awe strategy of God. Shock and awe, man. Oh, the fire of God is coming down on you. The fire of God is coming down on me. The fire of God is coming down on the church. And not just Stairway, but I'm praying for Stairway because that's my church. And I'm praying for Stairway because I'm interceding for my church. And I'm thankful for the fire that's coming down. And the fire is going to burn. And it's going to be seen by from heaven. It's going to be seen on the earth. And it's going to continue to burn. <sighs> burn out religion, Father God, from our mind. Burn it out from among us. Burn. It's, this is not against any man. This is against the spirit realm. This is against the satanic doctrines of demons thank you Lord for that beautiful fire that beautiful fire of purification that beautiful fire of love that beautiful fire of your jealousy for us that beautiful fire of deliverance that beautiful fire of burning our flesh yes burn our flesh Lord burn us anything that's not of you get rid of it anything that's not of you get rid of it let us be lean for you God let us be lean for you, God. Help us to wake up as if from a deep sleep. Oh, man. Your kingdom come on stairway as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on Jonathan as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on my family, on my wife, on Aaron as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on these people who are listening as it is in heaven right now. Burn up the chaff. Burn up the violence of the spirit of religion and witchcraft and all those spirits that aren't of you. Burn up religion in our minds, in our thinking. Burn up the devil. Burn up those prophets of Baal that have been prophesying against us. I see a great leveling, a great level playing field. I see smoke rising, the smoke of victory. I see the, the aftermath of the fire being smoke and and awe and praise and, and, a, and, a, and a season of rest and restoration and, the, and after the fire, the new birth. Don't, don't be disappointed if you don't see things happen immediately, but after the fire, that's when the green grass grows. That's when the soil is the most fertile. That's when you're going to see, you know, uh, the lands have been cleared and the new growth is going to come out. And I see there's going to be uh, a financial breakthrough for people. The, the, there's going to be new growth and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be like, you know, straight after a fire, it looks pretty barren, but then you come back six months later and there's a forest, there's a, there's a jungle and there's so much nutrients. All of the seeds are still there. And all of the seeds that were choked, God got everything out of the way and those seeds are going to grow by the power. So all you have to do is hang in there. All you have to do is remain in Him because it's the washing of the water of the Word. Just all you have to do is stay in, you know, as you remain in Christ, as you read His Word because you love Him, as you hear and listen to His still small voice. Oh, 
oh, he's going to speak to you in these days. He's going to speak to you in the early morning like the dew, the morning dew. He's going to, he's, he's, oh man, he's going to water that seed. He is, I'm telling you, I mean, first of all, don't worry about yourself. If you're one of the (laughs) seven people who are listening to this podcast, he is watering your seed, don't you worry, because he's told me that if you are listening to this podcast, that you've got it. I've kingdom. I've injected your face with the kingdom. I've injected your eyes with the Botox of the kingdom. You can't lose it, man. He's told me it's a promise over my life. He said, anywhere you go, that the kingdom is there. Anywhere you go, the violent take it by force. Anywhere you go, I promise. God has promised that the kingdom would be there. The kingdom would be. Uh, deposited by the power of God, by the force of God. And so you've definitely got it. But as you know Him, as you walk with Him, and I, I just sense as, you know, even in the in the cool of the day, wow, there it is, you know. He is walking with you in your garden. He is walking with you in your garden, in your heart, in your life. As you pray in the mornings, I see Jesus and you walking together. He is is surveilling your land. He is purveying your land. As he's walking with you, he's going, oh, have a look over there. There's something growing. Oh, you better water that. Oh, there's a weed. You better, it's gardening, guys. I'm serious. I swear to God, you could summarize everything you could ever teach in Bible college and in the whole Bible as gardening in the kingdom. It is literally gardening. The Adam and Eve had it right. I'm telling you, you can forget every book on the kingdom and on how to do anything. And just all you have to do is walk with Jesus and look and garden together. Oh my God, I see that. He walks with you in your garden. So he walks with you in your prayer life. And he says, in your family, he says, Oh, your wife's struggling with this, mate. Why don't you pray for her? Or why don't you buy her flowers? It's gardening. Oh, your kids are struggling. Your kid's involved with something a bit dodgy. You better, there's a weed. Let's go weed it out together. And in your church, the Holy Spirit says, Hey, there's some people in here who, you know, I don't really want them in your church. Get rid of them. (laughs) Yeah, that's biblical. Look it up. You know, he says, look, I'd, I'd really like to, you to do this in the service on Sunday, you know, and, 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 and lay hands on that person over there. Boom. It's, that's the relationship. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is in the Holy Ghost. And so it's in, I see it's in your relationship. After this fire, it's in your relationship that you and the Holy Spirit together are moving. Oh, he loves gardening. He's a gardener. He's got his his hand. He loves getting his hands dirty. He doesn't even wear gloves. He loves it. He loves it. He loves ripping up those weeds. He loves tilling that soil. He loves more than anything working with you together. It's not you're not on your own. You're working in your garden with with the Holy Spirit, and that's all you need to do. He wants to work in the garden of your finances. He wants to work in the garden of your heart. He wants to work in the garden of your church. And any, this is what I I didn't say this, but any area of responsibility, 
see the the areas that you are responsible for those are the areas that you're stewarding those are the jurisdictions those are your land those are the things you're going to be held accountable so if you're a single man rejoice because you got less responsibility if you don't have a car rejoice you got less responsibility if you don't don't have a house rejoice you only have to look after your unit you don't have to look after your mortgage. You don't have to look. You get it. You don't have to look after the council rates, but 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 if God gives you those things, you know, rejoice. But then you've got more responsibility to garden those things with Him. He is going to hold you accountable for everything you're responsible for. Number one, you, your words, your thoughts. He's gardening your words, your thoughts. He's gardening. Number two, your finances, your wealth your car, your house, your wife, your kids, your, your relationship, the, the ministry he's given you, the book he asks you to read, the book he asks you to write. These are the areas of, these are your gardens. I don't know if you want to visualize that. You, you want to write it down. I've got a garden over here of my family. I've got a garden over here of my church, my connect group. I've got, if he's called you to the city, then you flip, man, you better purvey that city. You better surveil that city. You better divide it up. Okay, if God has given you the city, then that's your garden. That means you need to go, okay, I've got politics over here. I've got economics over here. I've got the count. I've got, you've got to go through that with him. You know what I'm saying? And that's your responsibility. And he will take it by force. And there's no limit to what he can do. You can own the whole city. You can see a, a city come to Christ as the Holy Spirit and you garden together and he'll say hey let's go over here today let's go meet this person let's go meet that person okay and and here ends the podcast for today i love you guys you're amazing you know anything i've missed out holy spirit will make up and i bless you in jesus name bless these people lord forgive them for their sins i give them the kingdom and anything I made a mistake or missed out or whatever, you go and you make it up. In Jesus' name, amen.